how to start? Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're bottom. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to the Creative Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. Over the past 200-plus episodes, I've had the good fortune of speaking with dozens of screenwriters, actors, and directors, such as Aaron Sorkin, Mel Brooks, Carrie Fukunaga, Whitney Cummings, Michael Imperioli, and William Monaghan, among others. We've dissected ideas on story, character, filmmaking, habits, and various principles for creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also find several of these interviews on the Creative Screenwriting Magazine website, in addition to some that aren't available in audio, such as with Nick Kroll or Stephen Merchant. In addition to the podcast, also make sure to search for the new video essay series on YouTube, also called Creative Principles, where we take a deep dive into movies and television. Join millions of viewers for subjects like the 16 personalities expressed as characters, Did Home Alone, Rowan John Hughes' Career, The Greatest Movie Never Made, and How Jackie Chan Creates Perfection Through Failure, among many more. That's Creative Principles on YouTube. Craig Zobel got started by making shorts and videos for people like Iggy Pop. Now he's best known for films like Compliance, Z for Zachariah, and The Hunt. Currently, he's the director of HBO's new series, Mayor of Easttown. Mayor stars Kate Winslet and Guy Pearce. In the naturalistic series, a detective in a small Pennsylvania town investigates a local murder while trying to keep her life from falling apart. In this interview, Zobel talks about how television is similar to indie films. How he shot The Hunt is a satirical horror film, how everyone wants you to succeed on set, and his philosophies on prepping a shot versus being spontaneous on set to find, quote, the shape of the scene. What originally led me into filmmaking was that my father was a lighting designer who, um, who did the lighting for, um, for a bunch of, he, in Atlanta, um, and he did the lighting for, like, sets like the weather channel and like early cnn sets and things um and so i kind of was able to be about around it from from kind of his direction in and um and just felt was enamored by the whole scenario um from that so i see you did like some video documentaries uh some shorts and like some videos with iggy pop early on do you have any advice for people trying to make the transition from shorts to full features, like how to get the, the notoriety or the, you know, whatever it takes to kind of make that big jump? What I would say is that like, you know, shorts are important to, to kind of um, be able to hone your craft. It's the tricky thing to do, right? Like uh, uh, it requires a lot of people to make them make it tell a story, even if it's a short film. Um, and so I would say like doing that as much as possible just to kind of feel comfortable and sort of, um, you know, learn what you like and don't like and like what kind of learn what your style is, discover what your style is in a way um, is important in terms of, you know, how do you make the leap or like what, 
how to get to um, to uh, becoming uh, uh, getting to 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 do a feature, I would say the truth is like writing is really kind of where where you should focus on, you know, and and really like just studying <clears throat> studying movies that you like um, and how they did it and and like what what works for them and what doesn't. Did you have any like difficulties moving into some of the television work? So you worked on like The Leftovers or Westworld, and I imagine there you have to kind of match the style they've already got set up. Was that like challenging, or how did that help you with your craft? The interesting thing that is pretty just unique for my experience was that um, you know I went into I started my television uh, stuff started with the the Leftovers. Um, which was, uh, uh, you know, a great experience. I, I really liked the show before I got to work on it and, and, and kind of knew what, what it was. And, um, they were in the process in the second season of kind of rebooting the show in a way and, and sort of changing the tone of it slightly. Um, and the episodes I was, you know, I got to do were in some ways like a, a, especially, this one um international assassin was a bit of a bottle episode where the style could be different than the rest of the show so i got to do that which was a you know different episode for that um and then kind of lucked out and then i got to do a uh, flashback episode of of american gods right after that which was uh which was also like not like the rest of the show in its style um and then i got to do uh you know more leftovers and then and got to do um uh the an episode of westworld where you know they go to one of the other theme parks and kind of the style changes so i just lucked out in that like i kind of kept getting (laughs) getting the opportunities to do ones that that it wasn't important to follow like exactly what the look was because that was kind of the point of the episode um um so I don't really know kind of what it's like to, to like actually do it the way to be honest, because of just the weirdness of like how that happened for me. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I love coming from independent films, like basically television is, is an independent film that you just get to do more often um, <laughs> because it's, you know, the, it still has all the challenges that a the film has in the sense of like, you know, there's usually not enough time or money um, really to do it kind of like any other way than kind of scrappy, but, um, but it felt uh, like an opportunity to, to, to really get to work, at, you know, a lot more, be on set a lot more often and, and learn a lot of stuff that way. What's kind of the tone of your latest project? So when you sat down to work on like Mare of Easttown with your cinematographer or anyone you're working with, how did you kind of pitch that idea in terms of your view as a director? Uh, I just think it's kind of different per um, collaborator um, every time. Um, uh, in terms of Mare of Easttown, you know, we didn't, um, sometimes I, I will have a lot of very specific references. Um with mayor i did not um it was more kind of knowing that i wanted it to feel contemporary and that i wanted it to feel naturalistic and that i um i didn't feel like the camera should uh i felt like we should try to 
make our shots as unique as possible and, and, and really kind of tell the story in as unique a way as possible, but also like the, the camera wasn't, it was about, it was about, a, it's a drama mostly. And it's about, you know, watching people act. So, um, so I was, it was really about like, kind of like how to make a beautiful composition of, of it instead of like how to have kinetic energy. Um, we really kind of, we often sort of referenced, um, just really kind of like interestingly like movies from the like late nineties and early two thousands that were kind of dramas or like, you know, Sundance movies from that time period. And we're like, that's the, what's the contemporary version of that. That's really like kind of how we got to what we had in mayor, which was exciting to me because I, I had, I had been doing things like Westworld, which is quite different and in, in the hunt, which was quite, you know, like um, kinetic and, and, and had its own whole, series of references so it was nice to be able to uh to kind of you know do the close-up right <laughs> if, if you know what i mean do you see like like the hunt were you mainly trying to make that like within the horror genre like do you see that as a, a totally different you know that seems like it really stands out among your other work as far as like the different type of style and that type of thing is that how you see it as well or no yeah uh, i mean i guess i guess i would I'm proud of it in that way. Um, I I do think that it, you know, the goal there was like to try to do something that was well, it, you know, it's a, a satire and um and um in some ways like a Sam Raimi movie was what I would always kind of say like we're making a Sam Raimi an early Sam Raimi movie. Um, I also felt like you know it's a Jason Blum movie and so you gotta you kind of have to honor the the genre. Um, so it was, a, it was a bit of a combination of all of those and like when, you know, how to like make that stew work. Was there any like specific things you learned on some of these shows like Westworld or Leftovers, American Gods that you kind of took with you to The Hunt or Mayor of Easttown? Oh God, yeah. Um, I feel like that's, man, the, the, the fun is really in the, in the, in the doing the, 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 the job for me um and i learn something kind of i'm constantly learning or, or attempting to kind of push my you know explore a different thing you know for example um a lot of sort of things on the hunt we used this uh this uh specific camera we were shooting on the sony uh system the sony uh venice was our kind of main camera and there's a, a a thing called the sony rialto which is like a basically like a very small handheld version of it um that the all the recording stuff we stuffed into a backpack and put on the camera operator's back and like had him like standing on like tables and 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 then dropping down to the floor and just doing things to kind of just try to kind of see how to make a new shot and how to how to do that kind of thing um um, I'm always kind of looking for something in order to kind of help learn how to do this job better for sure. Um, you know, I have the same uh, amount of like <laughs> fear of being an imposter <laughs> that everyone does. How much do you like, if you describe your style, like how much do you stick to the storyboards versus like making sure you're present in the moment, not to maybe miss a better shot or things like that? Like, how do you kind of balance those two things out? I have like a big, uh, I have a big philosophy about all this. I, um, I feel like prep is really, really important. And that, um, 
a thing that I can is actually the difference between film and television has been really interesting in this. On a film, I would prep the film a lot, and I would like really kind of design how how it works, and either work with a storyboard artist or um, sometimes even if we have the you know opportunity, go to the location with some doubles and take photo storyboards. Um, um, when I don't have the opportunity to do either of those two things, because you have to hire a storyboard artist and they don't, you know, no producer wants you to just have one of those on standby all the time. <laughs> so um, I also do what, you know, what I call overheads, just basically getting the the drawing of the set from the, um, from the, uh, the production designer and then like I have a, you put it in illustrator and put little cameras and, and, you know, people's heads and, and, and try to design kind of like where all the shots of the day are going to be. Um, and I do that all so that we can throw it all away. Like I do that all so that like, if we get there and don't know what to do or something's not feeling like, right. Right a different part of my brain has said like if you capture all of those shots that it will make a a motion picture <laughs> um but the hope is that like once you've done that then you see something new or the actor just does something or is just it's like a better idea than you had when they walk over by accident to the window and you're like wait do that again and and that you can throw it all away if you've prepped enough um when I, to get back to like the difference between film and television, like TV is kind of the opposite where you don't, you know, you don't really, unless a global pandemic happens in the middle of you shooting and you get to do some storyboards, <laughs> you don't usually get that much time. <clears throat> so um, it also flexes the muscle of just getting on set and like running rehearsal and seeing how the, the actors are playing the scene and making sure that you're kind of dying in the performances that, that you want enough roughing, roughing in the performances enough to kind of go like, okay, this is going to, this is sort of the shape of the scene. And then, and then, you know, coming out like, all right, well, how do we like accentuate what we just saw as a rehearsal? Um, which was freeing for me because I'm like, a perfectionist trying to like always like have all of my storyboards for every scene of the movie ahead of time. It's nice to at times just be like, Oh, okay. You know, let's put the scene on its feet and decide where to put the camera. It's a different muscle. Do you have any other like philosophies that come to mind or are there any like um, common misconceptions from your point of view about being a director? I think that what, what always kind of registers for me <clears throat> Every day is like how much if you're if you there's two types of directors kind of roughly there's people that really need their vision to like kind of be imprinted upon the story and then there's people that recognize kind of the the collaborative nature of it and I'm far into the second um, category I, I I wouldn't say that that means that I like don't have a very specific opinion and vision all the time but you're around a lot of other um, really talented people in all of the, both from the, in front of the camera with the actors and also behind the camera. A lot of people that are good filmmakers, good people, good, good storytellers in their own right and want to do a good job and are there for a reason. And um, if you are open to kind of hearing their suggestions and being able to feel confident 
on, you know, when to like take them and when to say, no, 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 I know that that's, that's not, I've thought about that before and I don't want to do it that way. But being able to kind of like have the confidence of that is like a, a big, a big portion of like, for me, like what makes both the job fun and, and, and a higher chance of the products being good. Is there like a, like not to get too in the weeds, but is there a way in which you present that? Like, is there like a first day conversation about it or are you just kind of like, is it just the demeanor you carry with you? It's not necessarily a thing I would like say out loud as like a big thing, because I think then that does sort of put, maybe put some people in the category of being like, oh, he doesn't know what he wants or something, which is not what I guess I mean. You know, like I'm not talking about that. I'm more saying like, like, there's also things where like listening to, you know, <laughs> being having the production designer and location manager take you to a, a, a potential location that doesn't really fit what the screenplay said, instead of just throwing it away and saying, no, this doesn't fit like the way the screenplay worked. It's like worth it to hear them pitch you like what they thought they saw. You learn more about the story and what these other people's perceptions of the story are. And you learn like, oh yeah, that's a misconception of the story. We don't want to send that message. You start to like, I think you're kind of constantly like learning the like boundaries of the project that way if you do it. Um, so I think that that's a useful uh, thing to kind of, look, people also make, David Fincher makes amazing movies and he tells everybody exactly what to do in every choice <laughs> so that's the other way to do it you know like like i, I don't that's not wrong I, I guess i just come at it from more of the like robert allen way or something do you have any other advice for maybe like you know uh young or new directors because you're kind, you're definitely like navigating your way through i imagine bigger and bigger projects and more and more responsibility like any just general advice about taking on these bigger responsibilities and bigger shows bigger movies things like that yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think that the, I think that there's a the fear that you're not ready for it is probably kind of constantly there. I would say, <laughs> um, and that's just sort of like that's a thing that I've kind of made peace with is like that I'm, you know, do I know how to do these crazy visual effects on this particular sequence? I do not. Will I learn because of this project? Yes. So that's like the reason to do it in, in my mind. Um, but I do think that that maybe can feel like a barrier to entry. And you have to remember that everybody is counting on, everybody wants you to succeed um, from your first short film on, like the people that are on set helping you, they don't want to work on a bad movie. So they're not out to get you. Everybody is trying to help. And, um, and, and, you know, like just kind of remembering that is like, I think a healthy, a healthy thing, especially starting out um, to know that like, just because you don't know what a, what a specific lens you would want or, you know, like how to do this visual effects thing or like really kind of like what to do in the sound design space. That doesn't mean that you're not gonna by the end of the project. So, so Sally Force, carry on and 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 learn and be excited uh, to make it you know as as good as you can. Are there other ways in in which you prepare? Like I imagine some of the confidence just comes from like really knowing 
you know, as much as you can about the project and what your potential vision might be like any other advice about just showing up really with, you know, the best, the best prepared you can be. I have found that like a lot of, um, a lot of my preparation tends to come out of being disappointed with like something that didn't work or being surprised at something that I thought wasn't working the way that I thought it was going to, and then sort of falling in love with it in the edit room. Um, and that really is a matter of, of, of going back to kind of like, what are the boundaries of this project? Like what is helping tell the story better and what is like getting in the way? Like, yes, that's a very cool 16 millimeter giant wide shot, but like, I can't see like what the person is doing. So I, what the, the screenplay says that I need to really be emotionally connected to that person. So maybe that was a bad choice, <laughs> you know, like those kind of, those kind of things. Like, I, I feel like, I feel like, uh, I guess the, the, the trick is like to have a good enough sense of like what you feel like you're, and then this is, I completely acknowledge sounds cheesy, but like, having a good enough sense of like what your thesis statement is and like what you're trying to say about the thing um, does help, help guide decisions in that way. Do you have any other advice for like directors? Like I've talked to a few directors and it seems like after maybe after film school or after your first couple of projects, you're kind of just in your own world to a degree. You're not really on other sets and that type of thing. Typically, what advice might you have for like continuing to grow as a director? Like how do you seek out new knowledge and try new things as a director and, and like look for advice and things? You know, I went to film school and then I, I like directed something that like never came out. And, um, and then I started working on other sets. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Like, I don't think it's bad to go work on somebody else's thing, you know, um, you'll learn a lot and you don't have the pressure of like, it being your thing um so that if you can that's always a good way um and if you can if you don't have that opportunity or you're not in a place where there is that much of stuff the next best thing is to watch a thousand hundred thousand movies just watch movies all the time and watch movies don't just talk. there's good tv but like try to watch movies because they've they've had more time to think about it and they've had more time to and more resources to make it than a television show usually so like the choices are a little stronger usually um i know there's great tv right now i mean you know wandavision is a giant movie or something but and hopefully mayor of easttown is a, a a movie um to, to some people but like i i would that would be my advice movies as often as possible do you have any other advice? Like if you were starting today, like how would you start? Would you try to get on set? You kind of mentioned a few of these things already, but like what would be some of the first things you would do to kind of uh, go in line to start making your own features and that type of thing? I think if you have any sort of opportunity uh, to, to get on another person's set, I think that's like always valuable and super useful. Um, and, and, um, and and even if that means like doing something that you know is being a PA and like you know guarding the camera while everybody else goes to eat lunch, like you're still going to learn so much from that. So that's like a super valuable thing. Um, I think that that look, you know, when we were in film school, like we didn't have phones that you could just make a good looking movie on. Um, 
<laughs> it was always a big to do. Um, I think I would probably be. Um, I wouldn't spend a ton of money buying a fancy camera and a bunch of toys, but I think having some sort of tool or having a friend with a tool that you can just go shoot things and like start to learn film grammar that way is awesome. something that I am jealous of people um, who are just starting right now because I, I didn't have that when we started. It was always like hard to much, the barrier to entry was even higher. So um, I would say, you know, keep, Thing. Thank you for tuning in to the show. If it's your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button and visit my new website for information on the YouTube channel, the blog, the podcast, and my new book, Ink by the Barrel, which takes advice from these 200 plus interviews and more at brockswinson.com. You'll see the link in the show notes. Thanks again.